Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Birth Worker Podcast. This is episode 112. Now, Typically, these episodes go out on Friday. It is not Friday when I'm releasing this, but I wanted to still do a 3 and 15 episode where I'm answering three of your biggest questions in 15 minutes or less. These are questions that come from you, my podcast listeners, and people go to birthworker.com slash ask to submit their question, and I would love for you to do that too. We are always looking for more questions uh, so we can actually help you, our podcast listener, not only become a better doula, but grow your doula business. So let's jump right into it today. The very first question is from Kamira. So thank you, Kamira, for submitting this question. The question is, Kylie, are paid Facebook communities still a thing, or should I use a different platform? This is a great question because it already shows that you're trying to create a paid community, which is fantastic. So creating a paid community, almost like a membership or a coaching community is definitely one of the strategies I teach inside of our programs. I would chunk that. I would put that. I would uh, group that uh, under virtual offers because you still do have to show up. And and so I wouldn't call this a passive offer, but absolutely, Kamira. Now, I think through Facebook's like legal terms and conditions, like legally, you cannot have people pay to be part of a Facebook group, like just for that. But you absolutely can have them pay to be part of a membership or pay to be part of a coaching community. And then as part of that coaching community, there is access to a private or exclusive Facebook group. So yeah, absolutely. I would if I were you, Kamira, I wouldn't just have it be paying for access to this Facebook group. Uh, Not only does Facebook not allow that, but I I think we can do better in terms of like our big picture marketing goals. So yes. And there are other things to think about here. Now, when it comes to creating a membership or group coaching community and trying to figure out where you want to host the community aspect, there are several, several options. We use Slack for our communities and Slack works really well because our communities are very much like business focused, even though inside of them we talk about supporting birth. It's for doulas. So it's it's okay to have that off of social media. And I actually think even better to have our communities off of social media. And the reason I say that is social media can get a little bit distracting. Uh, Imagine someone is, you know, scrolling through your paid community and you're hosting that in Facebook. They're going to get, you know, notification bings all of the time. If someone liked their posts, you know, someone is doing a friend request. And anytime something like that happens and something pops up as a notification, they're probably going to click out of that and go look at that notification. So there's a lot of distractions. So that's really one of the reasons I love hosting mine off of Facebook. We, When we first ran Birthworker Academy, which used to just literally be called doula training program, uh, we hosted that in a Facebook group. And, you know, I loved it. One of the other things I didn't love, Kamira, I loved it, but one of the other things that I didn't love was that 
Facebook, essentially like the algorithm decides which posts get shown at the top of the Facebook group. And I don't like that. Like I want it to be completely in chronological order. I don't want there to be like an algorithm that's like pushing the popular posts because what can happen is someone can make a, maybe someone's going to make a post or ask a question. And if it doesn't get any comments, then it's getting pushed to the bottom of the the group. And that's not helpful. Like I want all of the the comments or the posts uh, or the questions to get seen and get answered. So that's another reason we love Slack is because everything is just in chronological order and you can have different, different, they call them channels, but like different groups, essentially different topic boards. It's almost like a forum. Um, So for instance, in our community, we have one for birth. We have one for mindset. We have one for business. We have one for celebrating your wins. We have one for introductions because if there was only one place, like there is in a Facebook group, it would just get so lost with 250 members is what we have right now. So I hope that answered your question, Kamira, and gave you a little bit more to think about when deciding where you want to host your community. All right. The next question is from Andrea. And Andrea says, how do I build an audience of potential clients and not just fellow birth workers? Andrea, this is a question that I probably get from every single student that comes into our community, especially those people who are starting from zero, because typically what happens for them is if they're starting their social media from zero, they will immediately have all of our my other clients, like all of the other people in our community, follow them. So like instantly they have like 200 followers who are all other doulas. And sometimes that can feel really unhelpful if you're trying to build your clientele with pregnant moms. Like, is it really helpful to have a bunch of doulas following you on social media? Now, I actually have an interesting take on this because I don't necessarily think that all of our followers should be pregnant moms and all of our followers should be potential clients. I actually think it would be really cool to find a balance between pregnant moms and other birth workers following us. And the reason that I say that is one of the reasons that my business grew so fast and then led to being booked out in person and launching very successful childbirth education offers is because of the other birth workers that followed me. And sometimes that might seem like, wait a second, like, what does that even mean? But you know what happened is I started from, I started my Instagram account from zero in August of 2020. And one of the reasons it grew so fast is because other doulas who already had established Instagram followings would share my posts to their stories. And those other established doulas had big followings of birth workers, but also pregnant moms. And so I was almost letting the other birth workers on social media do my marketing for me. I would make great content. I would make share-worthy content. All of my followers who were doulas would go share that content with their, let's say, Instagram stories. And now, slowly over time, moms and other doulas started following me. And so for me, I actually enjoyed that other birth workers followed me on social media because I saw the benefit of that. So Andrea, when you're building your audience, it's not, it doesn't have to be, how do I get less doulas to follow me and, you know, make it all moms? That's not true at all. We do want to have some balance there though. And so really what I say is I actually like put this question back on you, Andrea, or anyone else who's thinking this. And I say, what are you doing 
to interact with potential clients on social media? What are you doing as the doula, as the business owner to start conversations with other, you know, pregnant women in your area? Are you going to, let's just say you live in Miami. Are you going to like hashtag pregnant in Miami and like interacting with people who are pregnant in Miami? Are you going to hashtag a baby shower Miami and interacting with people who are pregnant and having baby showers in Miami. And a lot of times when I ask this question, the the response that I get from the person I ask it to is, oh, I'm actually like not doing anything. Like I'm not giving any of my energy to go find these people. And to that I say, Instagram's only going to give you what you give you back what you put into it. And that is so true. And I want you guys to know that you don't have to be on Instagram for 10 hours per day. I hope you're not. That being said, if you are on Instagram for 10 hours per day, you're definitely going to grow faster than someone who's on it for one hour per day. But you have to think that just fast growth is not the goal here. Balance, a balanced business and a balanced lifestyle is the goal here. So I I also tell my students, hey, if you want to go make three posts per day on Instagram and spend an hour in the DMs every single day, an hour commenting on other people's posts every single day, yes, your business will grow faster, but that doesn't mean that you should overwork yourself, you know, play into hustle culture or like ignore your kids in the process. Um, but it is it is true that the more you give the the social media platforms, the more that they will give you back. So if you're out there listening to this and you want to grow your Instagram audience with potential clients and pregnant people and not just other birth workers, I ask you, what are you doing to actually start those conversations instead of waiting for those people to randomly find you on social media? All right. The last question we have today is from Kirsten. And she says, Kylie, how do I get my course out to those who purchase it? Kirsten, again, there are so many ways to do this, which I I said to Kamira too. That's one of the cool things about business is that there's no like one blueprint. That's the only way to make something work. And that's true when we're talking about marketing, advertising, you know, coaching our clients, technology, uh, networking, any of it. There's not one right way to do it. So I'm going to give you a couple of different options, Kirsten. So When I started, I went with the cheapest option slash the free option because I did not have a lot of money to pour into my business. And so what I did is I signed up for an email service provider. I use Mailer. I don't use it anymore, but I used MailerLite for a very long time and I loved it. I have since had to grow just because my email list got so big that I had to go to something else. But essentially what would happen is when someone would purchase my course, they would get a tag or they would get added to a group in MailerLite. And then once they get added to that, that starts the automation of now it sends them email emails. And in those emails, you can attach your course. Now, that being said, this looks different for depending on what your course looks like. So if your course is one workshop plus a PDF, easy. Like that's two links in the email, one link to the video, like the MP4, one link to the PDF, easy. If your course is 10 modules with 50 lessons, you're not going to be sending that in an email. So you need to actually host the course somewhere. But in terms of actually how to get to the the course itself to the people who purchase it, if that's the case, in that first email, you would just send them login details to your course hosting platform. We have some students who host their courses on their website. 
like on on Squarespace, let's just say, where they make either like a hidden or a private page. Um, Squarespace is actually also at, at this time like playing with course hosting. Now, I have never done it through Squarespace myself. So it's not something that I can personally recommend because I've never like seen the back end of that. I use something called Thrivecart and that's what I recommend. So we also have a link for that. It's birthworker.com slash Thrivecart. It is a one-time payment, but the great thing is, is that you're never paying out commissions to Thrivecart. There's no like, you know, 5% taken off the top, which sometimes is true with something like Squarespace. Um, and then Thrivecart is a one-time payment, which I love. So it's not something that you're going to pay 20 bucks for for the next 10 years and then, you know, effectively costing you ten like thousands of dollars and tens of thousands of dollars over the next couple decades. It's a one-time payment. You pay and you're done. So one of the other reasons I love Thrivecart is not only is it a checkout cart, but it's also a course hosting platform. So it makes this entire thing that Kirsten's asking about so simple because someone would put their credit card information and their name and their email into a page in Thrivecart and then Thrivecart immediately does the automation that then adds them to the course platform because the course is also hosted in Thrivecart. It literally happens instantly. So this is how all of our programs are, by the way. So if you're curious to join our programs or if you do join, like pay attention to this whole process because it's what I teach. But you would go to our programs, enter your name, email, all of that, hit purchase, and then you'd get an email from Thrivecart. Here's your login details. So super, super easy. The last thing I want to say about this, Kirsten, is that sometimes when we're getting started, we don't have the money to invest in tech that is going to simplify our lives. And that's okay, because if we don't have the money, where are we going to get it? You know what I mean? Like, we can't, what are we, we can't do anything about that if we don't have it. That being said, if you do start with something that's a little bit clunky, just because it's free, just know that as you start making money, whether you're getting more in-person clients, virtual clients, selling more courses... The more money that you're making, the more money that you have to then go put into making the entire process less clunky and way more automated and streamlined. And I actually love this so much that this is what the next episode is going to be about, y'all. We are going to talk about how much does it really cost to start a doula business? Because sometimes when we start, we do want to make everything free, but it's not going to be free forever. As our business grows, the the expenses grow by quite a bit. And I think that's a conversation that we need to have because a lot of people do not expect that when they're starting a business. So everyone, make sure you hit subscribe if you are brand new to the show. Make sure you definitely hit subscribe so you don't miss the next episode or any future episodes for that matter. But again, next week coming up on Wednesday, we're going to be talking about how much it really starts to cost a doula business. And it might not be what you actually expect. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.